Welcome to the Gregory Digout Podcast. My teaching today is titled, You Will Not Have to Wait Forever. You will not have to wait forever. You will not have to wait forever. There's this great scripture in Ecclesiastes, chapter three, verse 11. And as I share this thought with you in this word with you, I want you to kind of connect it with the but God moments that we talked about last Sunday that I'm expecting a but God moment and I'm not going to have to wait forever for it. I'm expecting God to invade my life and I'm expecting God to interrupt the devil's plan for my life. I'm expecting God to interrupt my DNA, the failure of my DNA. I'm expecting God to interrupt the the brokenness of my life. I'm I'm expecting God to interrupt the failures of my life, the shortcomings, the mistakes. I'm expecting God to interrupt my Sunday. I'm expecting God to interrupt my Monday. I'm expecting God to interrupt my Tuesday. I'm expecting God to interrupt my health so that I experience his healing. I'm expecting God to interrupt my finances so I experience his blessing. I'm expecting God to interrupt my family so I can experience his peace. I'm expecting God to interrupt my 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 emotions so that I can truly have joy and and truly find fulfillment. I mean, that's those are the but God moments. But sometimes but which cancels out everything I just said. But we have to remember that sometimes it doesn't happen overnight. Sometimes our harvest is delayed. Sometimes our Uh, the manifestation of our prayer, our answered prayer seems to be taking a while. Uh, Sometimes we speak to the mountain and it doesn't seem to be moving. We keep looking at it and see if it moved just even an inch. You know, kind of like how we are addicted to our phones when you're, you know, you text somebody and you're, you're, you're expecting an answer. You keep looking at it. You know, you, you, you know, it hasn't come yet, but you keep looking at it just in case. I wonder if it's come. I wonder if that person's answered. I wonder if that person's responded. Well, you know, it's on vibrate and you don't feel anything. So why even look at it? But the point is, is that sometimes we pray and it doesn't happen right away. Sometimes we're we're saying I'm the head and not the tail, but we still feel like the tail. So what do we do in the meantime? I want to talk to you about that space in the meantime. Everyone knows what it means to be in the meantime. What do you do in the meantime? Because you need to realize that you're not going to have to wait forever. The wait is going to be over soon. But I love what he says in Ecclesiastes chapter three. And in verse 11, he says he says he has made everything beautiful. This is this translation doesn't quite capture it. But if you guys put the King James translation, the word appropriate is actually translated as the word beautiful. He said he has made all things beautiful in its time. He has made all things beautiful in this translation. He has made all things beautiful in his time. Say that with me. Say God has made all things beautiful in his time. Now, we got to get on his time plan. We got to get on his clock. You know, when you travel to another country or another part of the nation, uh, oftentimes it's a different time zone. So you have to change. You have to adjust. If you try to stay on your time zone, you're going to miss you're going to miss things. You're going to miss stuff. You got to adopt the time zone that you're in. You got to you got to accommodate the new time zone that you're in. You got to uh, you, you've got to s- set your time in conjunction and into agreement with what the time zone actually is. And I believe that there's a that, that, that God's timing is is very powerful and it's very liberating and it's very it's very freeing. You know, there are some things that I'm able to give attention to in my life today that have needed attention for for years. 
Not that that comes by, you know, as a surprise to any of you. Like, wow, thank God. It's about time you're addressing that area of your life, Pastor. But here I'm you know, I can I can focus on some things in my life today and I can address some things in my life today that have always needed to be addressed. But I just didn't have the bandwidth. I just didn't have the like God had me focusing on something else. You see, God's not interested in you getting all together, getting it all together. He's interested in you trusting him and his timing for your life and for what God wants to do in your life. And so like I've I've found this 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 sliver of peace in my soul where I believe this verse now, like I've known this verse for years, but actually believe it now. And I want to give you hope that there's a lot of times you read a scripture and you've read it a hundred times, you've read it a thousand times, but you for whatever reason, you're not living in it quite yet. You're you can't like you can't like grab hold of it quite yet. You could try, but it just doesn't seem like uh, that scripture is alive in your life yet. And and that's how I would describe this verse for me is for many years I've looked at this verse and he makes everything beautiful in his time. Well, hurry up, Lord, because I need you know, I need this to to be beautiful soon. I need this to turn around soon. And and I I didn't quite grab a hold of this. These last two words of this sentence or these last three words in his time, in his time. Not that doesn't mean that we just sit around and we just say, well, God is in control of everything. But what we what it does mean is we do what we're supposed to do, but we trust God that in his time, whatever it is we're praying for, it's going to happen. Whatever it is we're believing for, it's going to show up. Whatever it is that needs to change in our lives, it'll change. But we can't get focused on our time zone. We got to be trusting in his timing. And it's it's sort of a delicate balance. We still need to speak God's word. We still need to prophesy to the dry bones. We still need to speak to the mountain. We need to pray. We need to rejoice. We need to trust. But the, the, the most important thing is trust, like doing all those things are good things when they're things that you're doing because you trust God, not doing these things because you're desperate. Like, oh, I got to I got to speak to this mountain or it's going to kill me. First of all, it's not going to kill you. You're going to be all right. You made it this far. God's kept you this far. He's going to keep you all the way. He's going to get you all the way home. There is coming a day that he is going to bring you into his arms. And when you finish your race, when you finish running your race, not my race, not somebody else's race, your race, run your race with endurance. When you finish your race, then you're going to go running into the arms of your heavenly father on that glorious day when you see him in all of his glory and in all his splendor, when you finished your race and we're all going to finish and we're going to we're going to finish well, I'm going to help you finish well, we're going to finish well, it doesn't matter how you start. It doesn't matter how you start. It doesn't matter what you got caught up in. It doesn't matter about the mistakes you made. Jesus doesn't look at that. Jesus doesn't see you as a sinner. He sees you as his son. He sees you as his daughter. He sees you as his twin brother, twin sister. God doesn't see you the way you see you. He makes everything beautiful in his time, in everything like let's start with that. That pretty much covers anything I can think about. Everything he has made, everything beautiful 
in his time. Now, this is what I want to talk to you about. Why do we strive? Because we think we have to hurry God up. Why are we striving? There's nothing we can do to add anything to what's been done for us. What Jesus has done for us. I'm telling you, folks, what Jesus has done for us is everything that nothing, nothing we pray, nothing we wait for, nothing we do in our lives can add to anything he's already done for us. So we might as well rest in his promise. And you watch the peace of God come when you start resting and trusting when you trust and when you rest, peace is going to come. Peace doesn't come from fixing everything. Peace comes from trusting God. Peace comes from trusting God in the midst of everything. So I want you to think about this. You will not have to wait forever. He's going to make all things beautiful in his time. He's going to avenge you. Luke 18 says he's going to avenge you. He's going to bring you the harvest in Galatians chapter six. It says he's going to restore the years. It says in Joel chapter two, he's going to turn it around. It says in Joel chapter, excuse me, he's going to turn it around. Esther chapter nine, verse one, he's going to turn it around in a day. He could do it in a day and he's going to bring you home. He's going to bring you home when it's done. He's going to bring you home when you're done. He's going to take us home like we're going to be home one day. Heaven is our home. This is not our home. This is a temporary resting spot. This is a temporary place for us to develop our faith, a temporary place for us to win souls, a temporary uh, stop on the on the travel and the journey of eternity. He's going to bring us home one day. This is not our home to be absent from the body is to be present at home with the Lord. We're going to be home with the Lord one day and we're not going to have to wait forever and it's going to come one day. And the Bible says he who has this his hope fixed on this purifies himself. I want you to have your hope fixed on this, that you're going to see him one day and he's not going to judge you when you see him. He's not going to be mad at you when he's when you see him. He's not preparing a judgment day. He's preparing your home. He's preparing a dwelling place. He's preparing a mansion for you. You don't have punishment in a mansion. You don't have judgment in a mansion. You don't have God having to put 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 you in a prison in a mansion. No. When we get to heaven, there isn't going to be any judgment for us because the Lamb of God has already been judged on our behalf. We're going to get to heaven and we're going to run into his arms. We're going to get to heaven. and It's going to be like the prodigal son. He just moves in one direction, one step towards his father and his father came running to him and embracing him. That's our day. That day is coming and we're not going to have to wait forever for that day. I can't wait for that day. I can't wait for that day. But in the meantime, I don't want anybody to go to hell. I don't want anybody to go to hell. So we better learn what's going to bring people to heaven. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's not condemnation and guilt, accusation and self-righteousness, us judging people and us putting people out of the church because they they're struggling with something. Let me tell you something. The way that we're going to win this world to Jesus is with a, a revival of the goodness of God. A revival of the goodness of God, because the Bible says in Romans two four, it is God's goodness that leads people to repentance. So we're going to have a revival. We're going to have an awakening of God's goodness in in our lives and in our church and in our families. And I want you to expect goodness and mercy to follow you all the days of your life. Like when we really believe if we would really believe Psalm 23 is more than a good night prayer, it's more than a little baby prayer. It's more than the kindergarten prayer that we, we if we really would believe Psalm 23, that, that, that surely 
which leaves out any possibility of of inconsistency or uncertainty. He says, surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. So we need to like adjust our expectation and start. And and instead of saying, well, you know, eventually God's going to be good to me. We need to be expecting God's goodness every day. We need to expect his mercy in our lives every day. He's going to do all these things. So what do we do, though? What do we do in in between the time we pray in between the time that God gives us a promise and we're we're holding on to that promise. We're not letting anybody take our crown. We're trusting God. What do we do in the meantime while we're praying, when we're praising, when God's promise from the time that we pray the promise from the time that we speak to the mountain, from the time that we pray the word of God till the time that it shows up. What do we do in the meantime? I'm glad you asked. In Daniel, chapter 10, verse 11, in Daniel, the book of Daniel, chapter 10. What a great, beautiful scripture this is. Daniel, chapter 11 and verse 10. He says something very, very powerful and excuse me, chapter 10, verse 11. And he says, and he said to me, then behold, the hand touched me, verse 10, and set me trembling on my hands and knees. And he said to me, O Daniel, man of high esteem, understand the words that I'm about to tell you and stand upright, for I've now been sent to you. I want you to see this like Daniel's prayer was being delayed by spiritual warfare. And the first thing God spoke to him, the first thing God spoke to him was, oh, Daniel, man of high esteem. And and although that's a great uh, that's a great description, man of high esteem. Let's read it in the New Living Translation. In the New Living Translation, he says, Daniel, you are precious to God. You are precious to God in the English Standard Version. He says, Daniel, you are greatly loved. You are greatly loved in the Christian Standard Version. He says, Daniel, you are treasured by God. You are treasured by God. The New Living Translation, you are very precious to God. You are very precious to God. And here's my I guess. Well, they're all really great. But my favorite one is the Good News Translation. He says, Daniel, God loves you, Daniel. God loves you. So now I want you to think about this, that while Daniel is waiting for this vision and prayer to come to pass, while he's in this time in between when God makes the promise and when it shows up, what do we do in the meantime? What's God telling us in the meantime? What do we need to be focused on in the meantime? This is what we need to be focused on. We need to while we're when we're facing a delay, when we're experiencing a delay, the first thing we need to do is remember 
that we are greatly loved. Remember that you're greatly loved. Remember that you're greatly loved. Remember that in the New Living Translation, you're very precious to God. The English Standard Translation, you're greatly loved by God. The Christian Standard Translation, you are treasured by God. The Good News Translation, Daniel, you are loved. The first thing we need to do when we're in a time of delay, while we're waiting, while we're when we pray and it hasn't happened yet, hasn't shown up yet, the miracle hasn't manifested, the mountain hasn't moved, the bones haven't come together as we see the first thing the devil wants to do when there's a delay is get you to doubt God's love. The first thing he wants to do is get you to question, well, maybe God doesn't really love me. Maybe God's not really for me. Maybe God doesn't really value me. When you're facing a delay in your life, remember, first of all, that you are greatly loved. You say, I'm greatly loved. You see, if you don't remember this, you become a target for the enemy. He'll jump on you and tell you, see, if God loved you, he wouldn't allow this delay. If you really loved him, he wouldn't let this happen. God doesn't really love you. If he did, he would have answered your prayer by now. And he begins to point to the people that they've already got their prayer answered and you start comparing yourself. And so this is why we have to have our mind fixed on this during times of delay. I have to have my mind fixed on this. I am greatly loved. I'm greatly loved. I'm greatly loved. I'm greatly loved. Number two. The second thing we need to do, the second thing we need to remember is we need to remember that we are highly favored. We're not only greatly loved, we're highly favored. We're highly favored. Say I'm highly favored. You see, in Psalm eight, verse four through five, it says, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? For thou hast made him a little lower than Elohim and has crowned him with glory and honor. Thou has made him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put him, put all things under his feet. Listen, listen to what the scripture says about you. He's saying we are crowned with glory and honor. We have been given dominion. He's saying that we are highly favored. God favors us, that he's made us lower, a little lower than himself in the in what this translation, it says a little lower than the angels. But the word angel is the word Elohim. So if you look at this in the original language, it says you have made man a little lower than yourself, a little lower than God. We're not lower than the angels. This is a this is a mistake by the translators. And the reason I have the confidence to be able to say that is if you look at the original language it's God, it's Elohim. It's it's a word for God. It's not a word for angels because the translator, the person, the guys that were saying, OK, what does the Hebrew say? Oh, the Hebrew language says we're a little lower than God. Oh, let's change it to angels, because we can't imagine that we could ever truly be higher than the angels, like people who actually wrote some of these. I don't mean the writers of the scripture. I mean, the people that translated into English doesn't mean that they were from God. It doesn't mean they were hearing from God. You got to go back to the original language to understand what it says here. The New American Standard gives us the actual word. You have made him a little lower than God. We're higher than the angels. That means we're higher than the devil because he's a fallen angel. We're not higher than him because he's a fallen angel. We are higher than the fallen angel called Lucifer, but we're not higher than him because he's a fallen angel. We're higher than him simply because he's an angel. And to boot, he's 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 fallen, too. But but we we had we had it over him from the beginning. We had it over him from the beginning of creation. I give you dominion over every creeping thing, God said to to Adam and Eve. So, oh, yeah, that's you. That's you and me. 
We have dominion, baby. Hey, so what do we do when we're in the, this, this delay? We, we we remember that we're greatly loved. Number one. Number two, we remember that we're highly favored. Number three, we must remember that we are highly valued, highly valued. We need to know that we're highly valued, like God values us. I'm telling you, if you will realize that in these times of crisis, the thing that the devil wants to do is say, God doesn't love you. The things that when you're in between this time of praying and it's manifesting, the devil wants to get you to question God's love for you, wants to get you to question whether God's going to favor you. Maybe God did favors for others, but not for you, like you're the exception or that you don't you don't have the value that God doesn't really care that you don't have the value or the worth. I have to remember whenever I'm waiting and whenever I'm in this moment where I'm trusting God, I'm, I'm I prayed for something, I believe I've received it, but it hasn't shown up yet. What do I do? I need to remember that I'm greatly loved. I need to remember that I'm highly favored and I need to remember that I'm highly valued. And you start doing that and you're going to see great things happen in your life because the devil wants to disturb your emotions because that gets you that gets you moving off of your faith. It gets you moving off of what you're believing. It, it, he robs, you know, let no one take your crown. He takes your crown when he gets you to question your, the love that God has for you, question the value that God places on you, question the, the, the favor that God promises to give you. You see, we can't determine our worth and our value based on what others say about us. We can't determine our value based on what others think about us. We need to determine our value based on what God has done for us. He values us and loves us so much. That he took fourteen hundred years. If you take when Genesis was written to when Revelation, uh, it took fourteen hundred years for them, not when it was written, but how it was all put together. It took fourteen hundred years for God to write a letter to us called a love letter, by the way, called the Holy Bible. Like he takes his time. It, It took him a week to make the earth and the stars, the sun and the moon and Jupiter and Mars. Remember how very special I must be because he's still working on me. So God took a week to make all those things. He's taking years to work on you because he values you more than the stars. He values you more than the earth. He values you more than the galaxies. He values you more than the universe. And he has taken his sweet time with you because he's taking his time with you. You know why? Because he makes all things beautiful in his time. I got good news for you. He ain't going to leave you ugly. Somebody needs to shout amen. You know, the uglier, the louder. Hallelujah. Just kidding. Uh, (laughs) Listen, you're greatly loved. Say, I'm greatly loved when I'm facing delays. Say this when I'm facing delays, I'll remember I'm greatly loved, highly valued, highly respected, highly treasured by God. All right. Now, so let me give you a couple thoughts that you can go home with or or go into your week with that. God has a timing for everything that happens in your life. God has a timing for everything. There's an appointed time and there's a right time 
for every activity under heaven, it says in Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse one. I'm not saying that we don't have anything to do with uh, with it. I'm saying that while when we're in a delay, when there's a delay of game, so to speak, when we're in a delay, we need to trust God's timing. He has a timetable, Ecclesiastes three, one. There is an appointed time for everything and there is a time for everything under heaven. God uses this phrase, the right time, the right time. He uses this phrase, the right time or something similar to it over 90 times in the Bible, over 90 times in the Bible. God uses this phrase, the right time or something that has that exact meaning, the right time, the right time, the right time, the right time. Now, I'm trying to be very cautious not to send you home thinking, well, I don't you know, I don't need to believe anything. I don't need to trust anything. I don't need to just God has a timing for everything. God's timing works in accordance with our faith. So we we need to trust and he'll take care of the timing. We just need to take care of the trust. We just need to trust and he'll take care of the timing. Listen, God doesn't tell us all of the details in advance. God doesn't tell us everything that's going to happen in advance because it would scare us. It might overwhelm us. We might not realize, oh, I got to go through that valley to get to that to get to that mountain. I, I, I don't want to have to go through that valley. Is there a way around it? And so we try to start making shortcuts and look, you don't need to worry in the valley. Yeah, because when you're at the top of the mountain, give God glory because he got you there. But when you're in the bottom of the valley, give God glory because he's with you there. He's with you there. You don't need to worry about being in the valley. So, yea, though, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death of fear. No evil. Why? For thou art with me. Yeah. He's with me. He's with you. You can't unwith you him. Okay, that's the first time I've ever said that. But you know what? God's speaking. You can't like make God leave you. You can't you you, even if you said, I don't want you anymore. Get away from me, God. He's not going to get away. He's in you. That's like saying, get away from me, lungs. They're in you. Get away from me, kidney. It's in you. Some some of us have said, get away from me, brain, and it worked. But I'm just telling you, (laughs) look, he's in you. He's not leaving you. He's not going anywhere. God's God's after our trust, trust, trust. The thing I loved about something Job said, Job said something that's in the Bible, but it wasn't truly biblical. It's in the Bible when he says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Now, that's the right attitude that but it's not the right theology. See, God doesn't slay us. Job was limited in his understanding because we see somehow it's included in Job chapter one that Satan smote Job. It wasn't God. But Job ascribed it to God, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. But can you imagine like if we don't get 
you know, if our bills aren't paid in, in t- by tomorrow, we're not going to trust God. If if uh, if God doesn't work in our lives, we stop trusting him. But Job was had a, had come to a place where he had developed his trust to the point where he, he could even believe that God was slaying him. Yet he said, yet will I trust you? Yet will I trust you? I will still trust you. I will still trust you. If we don't get our way, sometimes we all of a sudden pull our trust back. Well, I'm not going to trust God. I trusted him. And look what happened. Nothing good happened. Just trust when nothing, nothing good's happening. Trust him anyway. God is never late. God is never late. Second Peter three, eight says with the Lord, a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day. God's timing is different than ours. He is timeless. He's not bound by time. We're in a hurry, but God's not. He is not in a hurry. He's got you. He's got you. He's got this. I like what he says in Habakkuk, chapter two, verse two and three. The vision will happen at the time I have appointed. It moves steadily towards goal and it will not be proven false. If it seems slow or delayed, wait for it. It will certainly happen. It will not be late. I love what he says in Isaiah 60, verse 22. I want to read this to you from the New Living Translation. God said, I am the Lord. So when the time comes, I will make it all happen quickly. Isaiah 60, verse 22, New Living Translation. I am the Lord. So when the time comes, I will make it happen quickly. Isaiah 49, verse eight says in the in the NCV version. Sorry, I'm giving you all these versions, but these are how this is. This is how these words land on me. Um, and, and really will help land on you properly. God said at the right time, I will answer your prayers. Amen. Every one of them are going to be answered. And by the way, if you're praying the promises of God, every one of the answers is yes. yes. Amen. It may be delayed, but it will not be denied. Amen. So what do we do in the meantime? If I could just um, sum it all up in a few words, I would say fear not. Forget not. Don't forget. God's been already been good to you. Don't forget any of his benefits. Stop forgetting what the good God has done for you time after time. Fear not, forget not and faint not. Do not grow weary in doing good for in due season you shall reap if you do not faint. Fear not. There's three hundred. It's been said there's three hundred sixty five places in the Bible that it says fear not one for every day. But it, it whether I, I haven't added them up myself, but there's enough. Let's just say there's more than enough. Fear not. Forget not any of his benefits. So easy for us to forget the good God has done in our lives. Let's never forget that he's come through for us before. He'll come through for you now and faint not. Don't quit. Don't give up. You will see the goodness of God. 
Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If this message has blessed you in any way, we'd love for you to share it with your family, your friends, or anyone that you think would enjoy these amazing teachings. And also make sure to subscribe if you haven't already so that you never miss an episode.